whoever is listening guys welcome back my name is grayson Mann. this is the man with the plan podcast episode 78 today guys i'm joined by clemson linebacker barrett carter he was recruited as the number one linebacker in the nation and he's ready to make a he's ready to go on a tear in his sophomore campaign barrett carter welcome to the show man how you doing I'm good, bro. Thanks for having me. Yes, of course, dude. First in time for the spring game. We're going to get into a bunch of stuff today. And really, I want to start from the beginning. So I always try to ask my guests this, whether I'm talking to sports writers, football players, or just anybody, everybody has a start. Everybody has that moment where they're going, okay, this is what I want to do. So where did you get your start for football? What made you fall in love with the sport? Walk us through that process. So I'm originally from Chicago. And Chicago is a really big, excuse me, really big basketball state. And um, so I was really a mainly just a basketball, baseball player. And uh, one year I decided to go out for football. And I wasn't that good, honestly. I was like a running back and a linebacker. But then a couple of years later, fast forward, I moved to Georgia. And every single Friday, the kids at school would be wearing their jerseys because they had the games the next day. And I just remember I would be like so like jealous and I wanted to do that. So my, in fourth grade, I decided to try out for football and we were doing this little, just this, this drill, you just run and catch a ball. And I made this, this spectacular diving catch. And uh, that was, that was, a be, that was that, um, that was the beginning. And then ever since then, it's just gone up. I've just improved every year and I just, I just love, fell in love with the game. Yeah. It feels good. Like. Whenever I would play football back in high school and I'd make a catch and first, my first question was, how did I do that? There's no way that I am capable of doing that. So you fall in love with it. You get that bug. So when I was doing research so we could uh, conduct this interview, I went to the huddle highlights when you were at North Gwinnett and dude, you were, you were something, you were lethal. So I want you to walk us through, cause being playing linebacker, you have to have a specific mentality. You have to be, you have to have that certain mindset, walk us through how you, shape that mentality and how it's helped you become a better player each year like you've mentioned yeah so definitely definitely comes with a lot of uh a lot of reps and uh, just a lot of experience so um my freshman year I played freshman football because at my high school that's you have to play freshman before you can get moved up to varsity so I played freshman football I had a pretty good year and um, they moved me up to varsity and then sophomore year they switched me to linebacker and I didn't really know much about linebacker. I just played it just because like, I was always a big kid and I love to tackle, I guess. So they moved me to linebacker and that was really, I was really just getting my feet wet my sophomore year. Uh, that was my first year starting, first year playing varsity and Georgia varsity football is a really, it's like, it's top notch for sure. Oh yeah. So, yeah. So I was just getting my feet wet. My, I say the confidence and really started coming in junior year. And that's because, like, okay, I have a year of varsity under my belt. I kind of know what to expect. And, you know, ever since then, I just I just come out on the field just knowing that I can't be stopped and that the man in front of me, I'm going to I'm going to dominate you and I'm going to prove to you that I'm just I'm, that I'm just better. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, just I would just come out every day with that mindset just come out every day willing to learn and just willing to get better, just willing to compete with whoever lined up in front of me. So I think that all uh, just played a part into me getting to where I am right now. And, um, but yeah, I was just, I just had so much confidence in myself and I just, I just tried to just show that I was the best player on the field at all times. Yeah, absolutely. That's especially at a position line, like, like linebacker, there's so much going on. There's so much you have to direct 
And at the same time, you got to be able to run downhill, drop back in coverage. There's just so many moving parts. And so I want to ask you, is there a coach that helped you shape that kind of mentality? Is there a coach from your early, maybe it was when you started and made that spectacular catch in fourth grade, or was it a high school coach or even a coach now at Clemson that's helped shape you into this player? And how have they encouraged you to realize that dream of playing college football? So I would definitely say that every coach that I've had has definitely impacted me in some way. But if I had to really um, choose, I would have to choose my high school linebacker coach and head coach, Coach Bill Stewart, and my trainer, Coach Boo Mitchell. And um, they really just both emphasize that, um, that I really have the skill set and the all the intangibles to, to just be a great player. And they also just emphasize being a great man too. But they they both poured into me so much and they just preached to me that if I just keep or if I just do what I need to do on off the field that I can achieve I can achieve anything that I set my mind to. So I just definitely I owe I owe all I owe everything to them because also to my my parents too, but and God. But I owe everything to them because they just they both helped me and supported me and just led me in the right direction to get to where I am today. Yeah, absolutely. High school coaches are just like such an, even if you don't move on and go to play football or whatever sport you're playing, they have so much experience, so much wisdom to them that I can go and talk to my high school coaches today with anything and they'll have some sort of advice, something to give, something to teach. So it's yes. really valuable. So with you being the number one linebacker in the nation, we're going to keep pressing that because you are a absolute beast on the field. You had a ton of options to pursue your collegiate career, just almost any school you could have picked up and said, Hey, I'm going here. And they were like, yes, please come here, please. So what factors push you to pick Clemson, the best school in the country, the best program in the nation. I'm going to say for myself, you can guys, if you're not Clemson fans, you'll see in the background, the Clemson hats, but so Barrett, what led you to the decision to commit to Clemson and how is it really looking back on it? Just take us through that decision. Yeah. So I'm big on family and definitely big on relationships. And I think that's, those are definitely two of Coach Sweeney's staples and principles that that he preaches within the uh, Clemson family. So um, I think definitely those two factors were going into my decision. So I'm just looking for a school that wants the best for me on and off the field. Um, is going to develop me into a great man and as well as a great player because the ultimate goal is to make it to the NFL. So just finding a school that has that has great academics too. And um, just made me feel like home because I'm, I'm, I'm a big homebody. So just somewhere I can feel like home. It's just somewhere that I wanted to be in Clemson. You can just go down the list. They checked every single box. And I'm just so blessed and so fortunate to be here. Yeah, man. It is truly that you hit it right on the nail. Family, what Dabo preaches. I want to ask you before we get into what, what it's working like, Dabo, I want to ask you, you're the first Clemson player to ever wear zero and what led to that decision and what kind of legacy are you are you hoping to take to that? Because that's something that we haven't really seen before. I, I saw I was like, wait, zero. That's it's a really interesting choice. So I really want to see what your thought process was going into that. So I really just wanted a single digit number. And um, I, I wore number one in high school. So I, at the time, Darian Kendrick was number one before he ended up leaving. And now Makuba wears number one. So I just wanted any type of single digit. And on a, when I asked Coach Sweeney, he said the only available single digit was zero. And um, at first, I was like, I don't know, because like a freshman stepping in being the first player ever to wear it. But 
now that I've realized, I think it's such an honor to wear. And I'm so blessed to have the number because it's it's actually a, bit, a pretty big deal to be the first ever player to wear that number. So I just I wanted a single digit number and zero happened to be the only thing available. So I'm just I just took it now to see what I can do with it. Yeah, it definitely sticks out that single digits. I mean, everyone, especially in the NFL this year, the single digits were the new craze. So I see yeah. I definitely see where you're going with that. Um, so we want to I want to transition to what it's like to be with Dabo Sweeney every like almost every single day, what he's like as a person, because we as consumers of football, people like me, people who just watch the game, they see snippets and clips. They see Dabo running down the, the hill, running an unbelievable four two. You guys can check me on that. He's <laughs> flying. What is he like behind the scenes is I've had people like Bo Collins come on the show, say he's exactly what you see on the TV. He's transparent. He's honest. He's a good man. What would you say it's been like working with Dabo Sweeney for this first year? Yeah, definitely. What you see from Coach Sweeney on TV is what you get. Um, he is very transparent. And, um, you know, he really – he's a coach that practices what he preaches. You know, he's not going to ask anything of you that he wouldn't hold himself to. And, um, you know, he just it's – it's a really good feeling when you feel yourself growing. And I definitely owe a lot of that to, like, the whole coaching staff, but especially Coach Sweeney. Um, he, he, he's taught me so much like on the field as well as off the field. So he's just taught me how to become a better man, a better player, but yeah, definitely what you see from coach Sweeney on TV is what you get from him. And he's the best possible coach I could have ever asked for. And I'm, I'm so blessed that he's my coach and I could, I get to just pick from him and learn from him every single day. And yeah, just, just really try to be the great man that he's becoming or that he is that, that I'm becoming. Right. And his energy is infectious. I can imagine just walking every day. I mean, whenever he, and this is just like from me in the stands and I see him come to the top, he's next to Howard's rock and he takes his hat off and he starts like getting everybody pumped up. I was like, man, if I could just be a fly on the wall at those practices, I would love to see what that's like. Holy, it's just great. So you mentioned coordinators and coaches about with, especially along working, working along with Dabo Sweeney, this marks a transition for the first time in a long time where we have a new set of coordinators, Tony Elliott, our former offensive coordinator headed off to Virginia, Brett Venables headed off to Oklahoma, both deservingly they'll get those jobs. So what has coach Goodwin been like? What has been this new, it's really a new age for Clemson football, something that we haven't seen in a while. And you're a part of that group. So how has that been? How has Coach Goodwin been? How has he adjusted, especially being the new guy to fill in Venable's shoes? It's been great. Um, having a coach like Coach Goodwin, he's he's come in. He wasn't he wasn't nervous at all. Um, he he's really doing his own thing too. And a lot of the stuff that from Coach V, we kept that, but he's also adding his own little flavor into it. And it's good to see that, you know, he he's really comfortable with with what he does. Um he pours into us uh, football-wise and off the field. Um, he's always checking up on us, so just he cares so much. So just having a coach like that, um, it's, it's, it's such a blessing. But um, just being a part of this new era, it's, it's, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be something that everyone should tune into because it's going to be very special. And I'm so happy that he can coach us now and lead us in life and just, just take us to the promised land. Yeah, man. And I, we got that sample size at the Cheez-It Bowl and I was, we were, it was that first game I was there in, in Florida. And I was like, you know what, this is, this is going to work. I really like what I see. And I think I saw a quote from him before the game 
or I, I don't know when I saw it, but I just saw he was he was referring to like his system with blitzing or whatever. And he said, no risk it, no biscuit. I'm, he was like, I'm going for it. I was like, you know what? I'm sold. This is great. I was like, I love the confidence that he seems to portray. So I want to now get to, so Clemson linebackers, we've had Ben Bulware. We've had James Skalski, who's trying to get to the NFL now. We have Isaiah Simmons, who's on the Cardinals. It is a deep linebacker room. These last 10 years, we've really gotten to see a lot of fantastic linebacker play. What have you learned from them? And what are you looking to add to that kind of legacy? Yeah, I've learned a lot, but especially, and I've only been here when Skowski and Balin were here, but I just learned that you really have to be a student of the game and that being in the film room is going to translate to the field so much more than anyone might think. So, but just, I've watched all of those linebackers, I've watched all the linebackers that Clemson have come before me, and I try to like pick a lot of things from their game, try to implement into my game. So I just, I want to be the next great Clemson linebacker and just build my own legacy but definitely I pick a lot of things from their game, try to add it to mine and just, but just build my own legacy for sure. Absolutely. So I asked Bill Collins this question. I think I'm going to continue this trend because he and his dad at the interview, they brought that energy. It was so great. And he said, I asked him why Clemson will win the national championship in 2022. And he said, quote, we are just overachieving already. We're doing a bunch of extra work after practice and just loving on each other. He mentions that the leadership, is crucial to this year's team and that y'all are just ahead of schedule. Y'all are having fun and you're loving that process. What would you add to that? And what makes Clemson a dangerous team this year? I think just how complete we are all across the board. I'm just talking about like each position you look at, it's just dogs at each position. And like a lot of teams don't have that. Like you have some teams who have a great this, but not, not so great that. But like if you just go across the board, look at all positions that we have, I think we're just so consistent and so complete. But I think definitely like the leadership is amazing. And like another big thing, our leadership is not just coming from the older guys. Like we have young guys who are really stepping up and leading by example. And, you know, everyone is just gelling off of each other. Like we don't, there's no selfishness. There's no, um, animosity within the team like it's all everyone's just using each other to get better and I think when you have a team like that there's there's going to be no stopping us so definitely the bond that we have is going to take us very far and but yeah just we're just such a, a complete team who loves to be around each other and just loves to go to work together yeah I hope the ACC enjoyed their time off the, the time off because Clemson we're we're coming for it we're coming for it so personally for you you talk the spring game. We got spring ball coming. Everything's starting to finally come back. Football will be back sooner before we know it. So what are your personal goals? Do you have a specific target? Do you have a specific number of games you want to win? Like, what are your personal goals heading into the 2022 season? Yeah, definitely no, like, specific numbers, but um, just academic all-ACC, um, all-American, 4.0 GPA, uh, just becoming a better leader in all areas of my life and just doing always doing the right thing off on and off the field. And um, but just just really doing whatever the team needs to get us to where we want to be and whatever that may look like. Um, I don't know, staying with younger guys after practice and working on things. So anything, but just just doing whatever I can to give to the team to just help us get to where we want to go. But yeah, those are the goals for this year. Yeah, that's incredible, dude. That is that's some that's great to hear. You wanting to be not just great off the field, but on the field, but all the 
the great answers like I, fantastic stuff. So I do have to ask you, I do not know if you are aware of this or you follow Portnoy on Twitter. So around the Florida State game, I think he had a big like bet on Florida State uh, covering that game against Clemson and you ended up, I think, costing him a nice chunk of money with your first ever career touchdown. Let's add that too. So you all not only had a personal achievement for you scoring a first collegiate touchdowns, a big moment for anybody, but then you, I, I go online after the game and see that Dave Portnoy, he was PO'd. He was like, I cannot believe this. What is Florida state doing? And he was just like, number zero, what are you doing, man? He's so did you, were you aware of that when you, after the game, did you see that? Did anybody go, yo, Dave Portnoy just like talked about you on barstool or whatever. Walk us through that final play. Cause it was wild. That was, that was funky by Florida state. And it was a great game, great finish. So walk us through that first touchdown. It was just not only a great moment, but it was, it was all, it was everything you could ask for truly. To yeah, be honest. So, honestly, I had no clue who Dave Portnoy even was. <laughs> and then after the game, I was getting a bunch of tweets and a bunch of people were coming up to me saying like, yo, you lost Dave Portnoy. This, I'm like, I don't even know who, like, <laughs> no offense to him, but like, I, I, I really didn't even know who the, who he was. So I was like, oh shoot, I'm sorry, but whatever. But uh, yeah, the last play, um, we knew that they needed a touchdown and I was just in the spot of the quarterback, you know, Jordan Travis, their quarterback, he's very, very athletic. So we just wanted to contain him as much as possible, but I was just in the spot uh, to spy him. And I saw, I thought that they were about to throw like a Hail Mary, but he threw like a little hitch route, a hitch route. And then that dude tried tossing it back. So I'm like, okay, we just gotta, we just gotta get him down. Cause they're obviously not throwing a Hail Mary. So we just gotta get the guy down. So they're just doing all this tossing around. I'm just trying to just let them do all that and just make the tackle when I can. So uh, their quarterback gets the ball back. He tries throwing it to a receiver and my boy Tyler Venables <laughs> a huge hit on the receiver. So he doesn't get to catch the ball. And I just see the ball and I just, I just shoot my shot. I just, I, I run and I, I fortunately it worked out and I, I picked it up or I, I scooped it up and reached for the end zone. And the line, the lineman pushed me in a little bit, but yeah, it was a surreal moment. Definitely. Yeah. Cause you can, I, I was fortunate enough to be able to be in, in the in death Valley for that game and rewatching it. I can see two things. I see you running all over the place, kind of trying to track it down and being like, yeah. Where, where, where's this where's this going and then I just out of nowhere Tyler just comes and just destroys the I don't even know the, I was a Travis or was it another receiver it was a receiver okay I was I it was Jordan Travis that would have been tough but Florida State quarterback's got a reputation of just getting destroyed by Clemson guys but yeah but <laughs> um it was just an unbelievable moment so I'm happy that you got your first touchdown you're able to shoot your shot with that so Besides that moment, were there any favorite games or moments from the past year, beating South Carolina the way we did, going into certain stadium, winning 10 games? Is there anything that you can pull back from your freshman season and say that was a defining moment? Yeah, I think definitely each game had its moments where it could be a defining moment. Um, I can name a lot. Syracuse game where they had to make the game-winning field goal and they missed and we won Louisville game when it was first and goal on the two or four, whatever it was, and defense got the stop. Pittsburgh game where I got my first chance to start and I played all right, but, you know, just a, a bunch of great moments from freshman year. But I think the cheese it Bowl 
was probably the most defining moment and most um most memorable just because like we had we faced so much criticism throughout the whole year and a lot of a lot of people like just wrote us off and the fact that we were able to still finish 10 and 3 is that right 10 and 3 yep. yeah finish 10 and 3 and um it was just such a great moment you see all the confetti flying everyone throwing cheeses and stuff like it was just <laughs> a great moment it's like such a relieving moment cuz like we we just we, we faced so much adversity with injuries and all that stuff so just the fact that we got to come out on top and still finish with 10 wins, which is, it was, it was so memorable. Yeah. Not many programs can say year in year out that 10 wins is the standard and like the consistency double digit wins every single year since 2000, I think 11 at this point. So continuing that excellence, continuing that greatness and going into the next season, we got the spring game coming up next week on this day that it's being filmed. This podcast will release on Sunday, but this Saturday, next Saturday, the ninth is the spring game. Barrett, what are you looking forward to that? Can you give us a little bit of a preview? What should fans expect as we get closer and closer to Clemson football being back? Yeah, I'm looking forward to just competing with the guys. You know, we've all worked so hard this offseason just trying to improve in all in all ways in our in our game. So just I'm looking forward to competing. And fans can expect a lot, a lot of speed, a lot of plays to be made, a lot of hitting, a very physical team, a very hungry team. And a team just ready to just get the job done this year and just ready to win the national championship. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a great start to a hope, just an absolutely unbelievable year. It's always fun. The spring game, there's a lot of energy. Everybody's been just waiting and waiting for football to be back. And just that little yeah. bit, it's just a little bit, but you keep getting it. You get the draft then. You get all this other stuff. And summer camp is coming soon. It's going to be great. But in terms of the NIL, I want to ask you, you were a part of that new generation of college athletes, you and a couple of, like that new, that freshman class that came in last year, it was a college football was about to change and y'all were a part of that. So how has NIL been for you? Is there anything that you want to talk about that you've been working on? Is there anything that you want to share with the audience? We're uh, here to help promote that brand for your, for any athlete and yourself. So feel free. This is your, this is the time, man. Just talk us that process and what you've been working on. Yeah, NIL has definitely been good. Uh, it's very, very grateful that um, the NCAA approved it, and now that we can make money off our name, image, and name, image, and likeness. So, just it's it's a great feeling to be a part of that. Um, it's been good for me so far. I I've really just been focused on football though, just trying to make plays, trying to stay stay solid in the classroom, and I'm gonna let the NIL stuff handle itself. But I've been doing a little bit of a little bit of. Uh, a little bit of deals. I can't really, I have to keep that confidential, okay. but, but uh, that is definitely, it's all good though. I've been just, just trying to focus on football though and making plays and I'm going to let the NIL handle itself and whatever happens, happens with it. But yeah. All right. That's, that's great to hear. We'll, we'll definitely uh, keep an eye out for that as that progresses. So before we wrap up, I just have a couple more fun questions, more rapid fire based before we, uh, we get going. So was there a player in your life that you idolized growing up? Was there an NFL player, maybe a guy in high school that was a senior? Walk us through who potentially that player was or multiple. Yeah. So growing up, I played receiver like up until like my sophomore year when they switched me to linebacker. So I guess I idolized Calvin Johnson, Megatron. Um, defensively, shoot. I guess Ray Lewis. Ooh. 
it was yeah. different. Yeah. I guess Ray Lewis, just how much of a leader he was, how much of a dog on the field he was. So, yeah, I guess when I play receiver, Calvin Johnson, when I switch the linebacker to Ray Lewis. Absolutely, absolutely. So on the Clemson team right now, who cracks the most jokes? Who do you go? And I need to laugh. I need to go to this guy. Who is the clown? Who's the who's the funniest player on this team, man? Easily Tyler Venables. <laughs> Easily. No Easily. doubt about it. No doubt. What walk us through is anything that you could potentially share, or are we gonna keep that under wraps? <laughs> I mean, he's just Tyler's all over the place. So you don't know what you'll get from Tyler. So, I mean, I can't think of a specific thing that he said, but, like, anything he says would just make you laugh instantly. So, but he, Tyler is definitely probably one of the funniest people I've met. He's definitely on the funniest on the team, for sure. Oh, all right. All right, though. The standard. Tyler, if you're watching, you got the uh, you got the honors for that one. So, I want to ask you, Dabo always and this, this offense for Clemson, they always have these packages. They'll bring in the linemen. Like last year, we saw Will Shipley throw a touchdown pass. You yourself played running back in high school. Have you talked to Dabin? Like, hey, I think I could run this package or something. Let me go in there and try to score. Has that tried to happen? Or are you planning on potentially having a pitch meeting with the offensive coordinator and streeter? What's that process been like? Yeah, I definitely I got a master, I got a master linebacker first, but for uh, in the in the coming years, definitely gonna try to sneak in on offense, give me a little, <laughs> little wildcat quarterback, just get in, get in the end zone type of thing. So that's that that that, that should come in the next couple of years. Uh, I'll see what I can do with that, but got a master linebacker first, but hoping that I can sneak in on offense and get us a touchdown. That's right. That We got to get a package for you. We got to get like the zero package or something like yeah. that. You heard it here first, guys. So today, this won't be, well, with this podcast airs on Sunday, but tonight is the final four everybody's bracket at this point has been busted, but do you yourself have any, have any predictions for tonight? Personally, I think that it's going to be Duke and it's going to be Villanova, but who do you have? Do you have any special, is your bracket still alive? First question though. I didn't even make a bracket. I, I'm, I've been with Duke some, since the beginning though. So I'm with you on that Duke versus Villanova, but I have Duke winning tonight. I'm hoping they win by, I mean, no offense to North Carolina, but I'm, I'm hoping Duke just gets the job done. So I'm hoping they get at least at least a 10 point, 10 point. Lead. So, but yeah, I'm definitely I'm Duke all the way. Duke all the way. Coach K all the way. It's his final final. Yeah. Every game at this point, has been potentially his final game. So it's been really just like it, you've been I've been glued to the screen trying to make sure that I'm like not missing anything because you never know how much, especially with legends like him. Eventually we'll get last games for like Bill Belichick, last games for you Steve Kerr, you have last game for LeBron, people like those, you have to watch those. You have to watch history at that point. Yeah. <laughs> but for Duke, I buy 10. I want a good game, man. I want, I want something to be like, yeah, I want it to be electric. I, just, I know. I just don't want it to be too close where I'm, where I'm nervous all the time. I just, <laughs> I just need Duke to get it done. How, however, whatever it takes, just get the, just, just get the job done. You're looking for a non-stressful Saturday night. I, I respect yeah. that. But, guys, that was Clemson linebacker Barrett Carter. Barrett, do you have anything you want to add before we wrap up? I just want to thank you for having me. Yeah, dude, absolutely. You just do you on the field. Keep being the player that you are. I can't wait to watch the spring game. Can't wait to watch what you guys do this year and what Clemson's all about. Guys, that was the Name of the Plan podcast, episode 78, with Clemson linebacker Barrett Carter. Subscribe for more or follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts for more content. 
Make sure to follow us on Instagram at the MWP underscore. That's at the MWP underscore for more. You'll get clips like this from this interview and more on our that and TikTok. Make sure to follow us and stay tuned for more, guys. Have a fantastic weekend, fantastic Final Four weekend, and take care. Take care.